All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have an awesome guest in Deshaun Hanika joining the pod today. We talk about some just quirky things in the tight end room with Coach Mauser leading that group in Easton Dean. And we learn a little bit more about Charlie Kolar and Chase Allen and how apparently everyone is a nerd. But then we also get into some pretty fun topics. You would be shocked on who we find out is the biggest trash talker on the team. I, I promise you, you won't be able to guess it. Just got to listen in. It was awesome having Deshaun on. Great conversation with him. And as always, we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. We're posting this right before the last regular season matchups. So if you're not going to be at Hilton Coliseum for any of those, head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Best place to watch a big game. They also have live music now, pool and darts, drag shows, and daily deals Monday through Friday. So if you're not going to BNC, I don't know what you're doing. Head on over there. Support our boy Ben. Support our podcast. And without further ado, we will get into our interview with Deshaun Hanika. Real close. All right. Welcome in, everyone. Today we have a very special guest joining us on the pod. It is tight end one of your Iowa State Cyclones, academic all Big 12. We have Deshaun Hanika on the podcast today. Deshaun, appreciate you joining us, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So first question, not even football related. I just got married this past fall and I saw that you proposed to your girlfriend it looked really, really cold when you did it. It was a beautiful scene with Jack Trice in the back. All I know is I proposed in May, and it was like 70-something degrees, and my hands were still shaking like crazy. Could you even get a word out? Like, were you just shaking the entire time? Like, how how was it with your nerves and all that cold just, you know, bombarding you all at once? You know, I really didn't expect it to be that nervous. Uh you know, I was more nervous to do that than I was to go out and catch a pass in Jack Trice. It, I blacked out completely and couldn't tell you a word of what I said. My timing was terrible. It was way too cold. Should have waited a little bit or at least inside. Not not the smartest. I think it was beautiful. I mean, not often do you get to see a little backdrop of Jack Trice with snow coming down. But I think when I proposed to my now wife, I said in the midst of it, I'm pretty sure I'm blacked out right now. So I don't know if the, any of this is coming off well. And that was really the only thing I remember telling her. Um, and someone asked, they're like, you know, what did you say when you proposed? And I said, I, I looking back, I, I have no idea. All I know is she said yes. And that's all that I care about. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I asked because Easton did it. I think he proposed two weeks after, and he had it planned out way better. It was warm back home where we're from. It was like 50 degrees. And he even said, like, dude, I couldn't tell you a word of what I said. But <laughs> she smiled. She said, yes, that's all that matters. Did you know she was going to say yes before uh, before you went down on a knee? Like, was that something that you guys talked about before? Or did you surprise both yourself and her? I knew she was going to say yes, but she didn't know it was coming so soon. I yeah. kind of, I kept playing, playing it off like, well, let's just wait. I don't know where I'm going to be. And my mom just told me like, what are you waiting for? Just do it. I love it. That was exactly what my mom was saying to me now too. 
Well, okay. I do want to ask you some football questions, but congrats, man. That's just a really cool life accomplishment. I know how nerve wracking it can be and it's just, it's just cool. So congrats to you and your fiance, but, um, let's talk ball, right? Cause you've, uh, talked Chase Allen, Charlie Kolar in interviews before, and you know, you don't really hide the fact that, yeah, I, I sat behind them and kind of learned from them. And I think those are two really stellar dudes to learn from, especially in, in you know, the tight end scheme that Taylor Mauser runs with uh, Iowa State. But at the end of the day, you know, D1 athletes are always so competitive. So I know that you're, you know, gaining all of this information, learning from the best. But at the same time, when you're kind of sitting behind juggernauts that they are, were you kind of like, damn, this is kind of shitty sitting behind them? Or was it just fully, hey, I'm just immersing myself and acting like a sponge and getting as much as I can out of these guys. Like, was there a little bit of you that was like, man, I, I really wish I could step onto the field a little bit sooner and show my stuff. There, there was a lot. I mean, the first year I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Uh, I had only been playing tight end for a couple weeks since I committed. Uh, so I was like, I need to learn a little bit. And then when they both came back, it was a real gut punch, and there was a lot of phone calls home, like, guys, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I should be here. Like, I can't even play. And my dad just basically told me, he's like, well, you don't have a choice because you sign on the dotted line, and the type of son that I raised, if you sign on the dotted line, you stay there the whole time. So Damn. He, said, he said, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Daddy Hanukkah. Shout out him. I love that. <laughs> Shout out to Pops. I do. I love that mentality. What, what do you think is the biggest like takeaway that you you took being behind Chase and Charlie for that extra year even? You know, you like it seemed like it was pretty hard. Like your your kind of main takeaway initially was, hey, I want to go somewhere I can play. And your dad, it seems like is like, hey, you're going to kind of suck it up. And, you know, if, if you're good enough to make it on the field, then you'll make it. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to have to wait another year and, and kind of see what it's about and, and learn from these guys again because they're obviously very good at what they do and you can keep learning from them. So what would you say you learned from that extra year of them coming back when maybe you didn't expect that? I learned how to carry myself as a professional because I was still a child. I was still, you know, out of JUCO where there's a reason they put JUCOs in the middle of nowhere. And so you can't do anything. And my first year here, COVID, thankfully, kind of stuck me to my room. Second year, I was kind of, you know, that new kid on the block, like, what's going on over here? What's going on over there? And Charlie really had to sit me down um, in the summer. And he was like, listen, I'm leaving after this year. You're taking over, you and Easton. And this is how you're going to act. And this is how you're going to carry yourself. So I would just say Charlie really taught me how to how to carry myself as a professional and what I need to do. Did he uh, make you stop doing the shotgun beer celebration with Rory after that conversation? Or was that still on the table? That is still on the table and Rory is still in the building. So it still is going to happen every season. <laughs> Hell yes. That's what I love to hear. Well, so I, I mean, I was honestly really impressed by you, Deshaun, because I think we didn't really know what the tight end room was going to look like. And outside of X, we didn't really know what 
any of our receiver core was kind of going to look like going into the season. Obviously, you and Easton, you know, we were kind of prepared for y'all to step into this situation, but just kind of reading some of your stats, 17 receptions, 244 yards, uh, 14.4 yards per reception. I mean, that led the team. And it was just very obvious that you kind of emerged as this big play guy. And what I personally saw was I really felt like you and Decker's maybe outside of X were kind of that, you know, this duo that truly had chemistry. And I think that was kind of, again, what surprised me because you don't see chemistry um, very often. And you could see that these certain moments where he just knew exactly where you were going to be and he trusted you, which that's really hard to do as a quarterback. It's hard to trust your receivers sometime. So how did you build that chemistry with him? Was it kind of just years past, you know, working on scout team with him? Or did you guys put some extra time in after practice? How did that chemistry just obviously, you know, rise above the rest and just kind of working with Deckers? Um, I'd say it's a little, little bit of, you know, Scout team, definitely. Um, I was very hard-headed on scout team. I didn't want to go play tight end in scout team because no one else in this conference threw the ball at the tight end, and that's not fun. And it's cold in Iowa. I want to get the ball if I'm going to be cold. So I'd go play receiver, <laughs> and we just started just messing around, basically, just backyard football. Just, he, can you go catch it here? Yeah. Can I? Can you throw it to this spot if I do this? And kind of just bouncing things off of each other. And then um, we all, us, there's a group of us, us four, me, Easton, Rocco, Beck, and Hunter, we golf in the summer almost every other day. It gets to mm. a point where it's a little bit unhealthy. The fiance hates it, but <laughs> I still sneak out of the house and get my 18 holes in. But who's the best golfer of the foursome? Oh, it's not me. Or who's the worst golfer? It's probably me. It's probably you. <laughs> it's probably me. Very inconsistent. I'm more there for the vibes of the boys. Yeah. And, and to talk all? a little talk a little trash, especially to Rocco. Love talking trash to Rocco. <laughs> but he he can give it right back. So tell us about Rocco, because he's another one of those guys that um I want to see play. You know, I, I don't want anyone else to lose time like Deckers, but like it, that's kind of the frustrating thing as a fan. You know that there are people that are sitting on the bench that are going to have their shine eventually, kind of like you. Um, but we haven't seen that shine at the collegiate level yet. Talk to me about him as an athlete, but also him as a person. You said he isn't afraid to shit talk you. So, I mean, is he the best shit talker on the team? Like, what's his personality no. like? Ooh, no, definitely. Not. <laughs> that one goes to Hunter. Uh, definitely. Deckers? He's the best Deckers. shit talker on the team? When when Deckers in practice, when Deckers gets fired up, it, it's fun to watch and it's fun to join in on. <laughs> Would not expect I that. I love one. that. No, I did I, not either. I love it from, from my quarterback as well. I, if he's gonna, And he talks to everybody, not just the DBs. He loves going at the D-line. Loves it. <laughs> There's he's no chance to like Will McDonald and shit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he would talk to Will. He loved talking to OV, um, Ant Johnson. He talked to – he didn't care who you were. Did Brock ever throw shade at people, or was he just quiet, just that stoic leader? Um, I don't think – he never threw direct shade, but he would do his little 
his little yell with his little flex on you. Yeah. You knew knew he was doing it too, but he would never call you out. What's the like most disrespectful thing you've ever heard someone say where you you just hear them drop that line and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're burnt toast. Like they can't play after he just said that. Oh, these aren't even questions I have. I just, I, I love shit talking and (laughs) that's a hard one. Cause me, I like to laugh at them, especially if it's coming at me. I, I love it. Like keep talking, especially when we went to Iowa, like I just loved all the comparisons that they had about me and just like, they'd pull up like your social media and it's just going, they're just going off on you and (laughs) you hate them because it's that team out East and no one, I don't think anyone looks good in black and yellow. So Mm-mm. Just to just for them to just keep talking, it's like, well, I'm glad that we're gonna beat you. It's a cyclone state now, and I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah, thank you. It was a it was a nice nice dub to finally get. It had been it had been a little too long. Um, but but with that, um, how how we, we kind of had we had, well we had Mouse on a couple weeks ago, and and we asked this question, but. How hard was it to kind of in the locker room having so many kind of close one score games that, you know, it's like one possession, even one play, you could say that really turned the tide or, or swung the game. And just as a team, as a group, how do you keep that locker room, that momentum? How do you stay together as a unit, you know, keep that culture together and and, and do that through the season? Because that has to be so frustrating as a group, you know, how, how do you guys do that? Um, you know, especially you've been there since 2020. And, you know, you've seen a lot of the leaders, you know, the Kolars, Allen, Purdy, all the difference in the locker room, you know, the the leadership come and go, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and you hit a lot of adversity in this 2022 season where there's a lot of one score losses. Can you just take us into that, that player mentality of, you know, just how kind of difficult it was? Because it was even difficult to watch as fans. It's like we get so invested in these games. And we're like, you guys are so fucking close. Like, we, we know you guys can do this shit. Like. Every game, you guys are right there, and it was it was frustrating as hell to watch because it was like, you know, besides the TCU game, every fucking game you guys were right there. So, you know, just how, how does that feel as a player, and and how do you guys, you know, like how does it, how do you guys feel coming into this off season and, and going into this upcoming season too? Um, you know, does it you guys have a lot of confidence knowing like, hey, you held your own with everyone? You know, uh, th- I, that feeling was it's you can't describe it it's it's dead silent in the locker room everyone's on edge you know that like if you played there's maybe one play two plays you could have made would have changed it probably wouldn't have in the grand scheme of things but in your head you just replay it over and over and over and then you get in you watch it on film and you're like well should have done that i should have done this and it gets taxing for a lot of people, um, especially if you care. And the thing about that team was everyone cared for each other. If you were to show up to a practice after, you know, after Kansas or Texas, you if you would show up and you didn't know what team you're watching, you'd think you were watching an undefeated team practice. Like those seniors held us together so well. And that that drive, that young drive that we had to keep pushing forward because we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We just have to go get it. So, I mean, I don't think that those losses 
make us think that we can hang with everybody. I think that when we got everyone's best shot and we know that we should have beat you. And now we're not young anymore. That's not an excuse. And now we're going to beat you and we're going to embarrass you is our mindset going into the winter is we want to embarrass everybody in the conference. I love your mentality. It's very Mamba like reminds me a lot of kind of how Hakeem Butler played just very emotional and just like, yeah, you got us this time, but you're not going to give me the next, you know, brag for two seconds. Okay. Was there a moment where you put someone on their ass or maybe you like we, like we just talked about, you just drop the mic and had a little one liner while you're in the midst of gameplay that you're just like, damn, I own that person. Like they are they are now mine because I just humiliated them that bad. Because you, you had a couple catches against West Virginia TCU. I was going to ask you about them. I mean, that TCU on your you barely got knees in bounds, had crazy concentration on it and. West Virginia, you just made a crazy good adjustment on the ball. Like we've seen you dominate players before, and I, I was only assuming that you talk shit afterward every now and then. Just tell me, tell me about one story where that happened. Where you're just like, yeah, that felt really good. I think probably it would probably be West Virginia. Um, that was a sick catch. I'm trying to think though. Hold on. Because Oklahoma, I may have said something directed at the sideline. Yeah, I'm going to go West Virginia. Uh, What'd you say? That that doesn't need to be repeated. (laughs) The whole play, though, if you watch the play, it's kind of funny. I'm so busy talking to the other side of the ball. Dean motions over. I'm supposed to go with him. And I didn't move. I didn't even see him. I'm so busy talking. And Deckers had to yell at me. He's like, shut up. And like waved at me. I was like, oh, I had to run over. And I just kept talking as I ran over. And then I caught it. And I just continued to talk the whole time. And even their middle linebacker was just like, I don't, I don't know. He came after <laughs> after the game. He came up to me. He was like, yeah, well, there's nothing he could have said there. It is, it's, <laughs> he's he's going to have a bad night. It was so bad he couldn't even have his teammates back. Are, are you someone that always talks when you play When you played other sports, did you like to talk? I, I know you were very good at basketball. Were, were you someone that did you like to talk, talk from the jump and kind of use that to your advantage? No, I never talked to the jump because mom – would have something for me after the game if that happened. Mom hates cockiness with a passion. Hates it. Dad thinks it's funny. So it's kind of like, do I make dad laugh or do I get in trouble with mom? But mom, she would always be like, if if you can back it up, then you can say it. So I would never start it. I'd wait for someone else to keep talking keep talking and then finally I'd start to chirp back a little bit and I think it just makes me go a little bit harder mm-hmm. and I don't I don't like playing against guys that don't talk like I want you to talk to me I never talk <laughs> I, I'm I was never a talker either you 
Hey, you've seen Andrew Luck play football, right? How he would help people up, compliment them. That was what I would do, not because of any real reason, but I, my biggest fear, I guess, was if I start talking to them, then it'll get me fired up. So if I win, then that's cool. But if I lose, I look like an idiot, you know? And at the same time, if I'm helping someone up after I block them to the ground, which has maybe happened twice in my life, you know, if, if I do something cool and then like be polite to them or nice to them afterward, I almost feel like that pisses them off even more, which I kind of like, like it's, it's like a little way of getting under their skin, but being, it's like killing them with kindness a little bit. Did you ever play with anyone like that? Ooh. That's Colin new Colin new did that. He was always laughing, smile on his face, put you on your butt, help you up. All right, next time. Um, <laughs> Colin Newell became a beast, too, toward the end of his career. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I just don't see very many D1 athletes, which is obviously why I never even sniffed a D1 athletics program, probably because I have that mentality. But, hey, some guys like Andrew Luck and I guess Colin Newell can pull it off. It's not a standard D1M mentality. <laughs> tight end room, it's not. We don't really accept that in the tight end room. Mouse says he wants dogs, so we all turn into <laughs> dogs on the field. Uh, in the meeting room, though, completely different story. It's, it's a comedy show. Like, we need video cameras and microphones at all times, especially on Easton. Yeah, so is Mouse, like, actually funny, or is it, like, uh, like he seems pretty funny. When he's come on the podcast a couple times, he seems like he'd be a good guy to get a beer with. Um <laughs> or do you guys just humor him because he's your tight end yeah coach? or is it, is it one of those like <laughs> he's our boss so we have to laugh at his jokes you know he'll have a couple one-liners that'll hit mouse is really good at playing off of what we said so normally it's something that we've already said or did to make a scene or cause everyone to make fun of us and then he'll pile on top of it but he doesn't like it when we start shooting shots back <laughs> he's not a fan does, does he ever talk about his playing career or does he only talk about his playing career <laughs> oh my god apparently he was some all-american should have won the division two Heisman <laughs> trophy at adam state of course he should have of course he he thought he was the best thing since sliced bread and we all make fun of the way he looked and how he looks now <laughs> Did he, he had like a, like a real short buzz cut, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I need to find one of those pictures and maybe post it, give him some shit soon here. Um, <laughs> we could, we could pull up a couple. <laughs> All right. Your homework assignment after this is to uh, find the best picture of him and send it in the DMS. Got it. Um, well, I, I saw you recently. You retweeted a tweet about the student section needing to be moved back. Um, we agree. So what the fuck can we do um, as a collective to get that done? Because if the players are agreeing with this, I don't think that you're probably the only player that feels that. Like the Jack Trice yeah. atmosphere is just totally different too. Like it's not as loud. You know, uh-uh. like you go into Hilton and Hilton's like an animal, you know. And the students are a big reason for that. You know, it's you go to Hilton during winter break when the students aren't there and Hilton big game when the students are there. It's, it's crazy nine day. Same thing with this. I mean, it's not as different, but they're they're back in the corner and shit. 
So like, you know, I don't know, like you guys need to get on Campbell about getting on Pollard. Cause I, I think at this point, like anything Campbell says, like goes at this point. So like, <clears throat> you guys want to like, you know, get on Campbell about that shit or, or what, what do we need to do? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm asking how, how can we get this one going? This ball roll? I, I don't know, but it need it needs to go back. It's, it's too quiet. It's like, it's like, you know, we put them in timeout. <laughs> like, let's bring them back. <laughs> Their nose is in the corner in the wall. They can't like say anything. <laughs> like, we got to get them back behind the bench. So when they're trying to, you know, game plan and discuss, you know, we got the best fans in the country just breathing down your neck. It's hard to get anything done. But you can't really hear them when they're tucked away in the corner. So we might have to bring that one to Campbell. I know there's a, I'd say probably 99% of the team feels the same way. Well, wow. Hey, you guys just, just bring it, like start casually mentioning it. And then like you get it in Campbell's ear now. There's still a long time till the first game of the year. And and that man can move mountains at Iowa State already. So well, they cannot be in the corner for week two. No. They cannot be. So I wasn't able to go to a game this past fall. Again, got married, had a busy fall. But um, I honestly thought that it would maybe help with the noise level because they are in that corner. Whereas previously when they're by the hill, you know, maybe that noise can almost like escape the stadium. Again, I I don't know anything about like audio testing or whatever, but I thought that honestly it would maybe help it be louder. And, and you said it's a noticeable like noise difference. Like you, you can barely hear them in that corner. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't, you don't really know that they're there, to be honest. And we've all said that in the locker room. They're way further away. Yeah, they're tucked all the way back in the corner. Um, Apparently, they're getting kicked out for throwing the ball out of the stadium. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. That was so good. That was, I mean, I hope, I honestly think you might agree with me. That was probably the best part of that Oklahoma game. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's something that they do in Norman. I, I think every now and then they'll take like a ball that is like an extra point kick and they'll throw it out of the stadium. I don't know how much of a tradition it is, but I thought it was great. Um, I did want to ask just kind of about the, you know, coaching changes at Iowa State. So obviously got Nate Shieldhouse taking over the offense, got Ryan Clanton taking over offensive line. And that's sick. I mean, oh. he was a – oh, my gosh. He was insane at UNI. So have, I assume you've had a chance to meet him and, and kind of pick his brain a little bit. What's kind of the vibe you get from Ryan, and, and what changes might there be from Jeff, or is that you know too early to say at this point? Um, You know, I don't know. I mean, Coach Myers, he was a great guy. Uh, I didn't spend a lot of time with him. Um, that's probably on me. Uh, but – Coach Clinton is the definition of Iowa State football. He is mm. blue collar, wants to put people on their back. Life of the party will make you laugh. Like that's someone who needs to be on here because you guys would have a heyday with Clint Dog. Mm. Well, let's get him on. Let's get him on. Um, yeah. We we might work through you to get that done because I don't know if he has any social media or anything, but uh, would love to talk with Ryan. Um, so we, we mentioned that you were Big Twelve academic All American, I, I think twice now. Um, so what's it like being a nerd? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, not a not a nerd. Got him. That was those. Yes, were, you are. You're definitely um, a nerd. No, uh, sitting in that room, <laughs> I think I'm the farthest one from being a nerd. Um, I watched Chase and Charlie go at it for top GPA, and I was like, "What the hell?" That's true. They're those nerds. guys. They're are definitely nerds. <laughs> yeah. They, the thing that's why they came they, back. They're like, they I want to get an extra degree. <laughs> that's exactly why. Nerds. They knew what they're doing. Um, no, <laughs> definitely not a nerd. Um, that that title probably goes to. I'd give it to Easton. Easton's probably the biggest nerd. Man. Is it just the tight end room? Like. Just a bunch of nerds in that room. Is Mouse, Easton, Mouse, is Charlie, is Mouse, right? It's and Mouse, like, one hundred percent. It's Mouse. He attracts Mouse. nerds and recruits nerds. No. To make himself is. like feel less nerdy, he's like, oh, these guys are nerdy too. So I'm actually like kind of cool among other nerds. And then he'll tell all of the nerds that he was an all American. Nerds. <laughs> when they when coaches go into recruits' house and they they speak about how much they care about grades. Mouse actually cares that much about your grades. Like you, Damn. Mouse gets a grade report every week. If your grade goes from an A to a B, immediate phone call, or at least with me, because there was a there was a rough semester where it was almost a phone call every every other day. Oh my gosh! But he what was it. He knows your class schedule. He knows where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, how you're doing in the class, when you have assignments due. It's a dictatorship. <laughs> we got Fuhrer Mauser on I'm, the I'm on the squad. I'm a D1 athlete because I skipped like half my classes. In <laughs> yeah. No. Campbell does not play that one. That's the big one. Campbell does not play the skipping classes. Now that I think about it, whenever I had uh, classes with athletes, I, I usually always saw them going to class, but uh, I didn't have too many. Like Matt Thomas, he was I'm in my I'm same. Matt Thomas had a couple classes. Yeah, he he would beat me to class every day, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, yeah, dude, it is like an 8 a.m. So yeah, I'd be rolling in like 30 seconds before the bell would ring, and he'd be just be there like already ready to go. Yeah, you probably I'm already got like in about a minute, a minute before class starts yeah that's all you need i mean you're still there right you, you you're, you're there on time i'm awake like just do, do your thing now i'm here yeah yeah you're, you're not hiding you know beer in your yeti like i definitely have never done before <laughs> I, I can't remember what uh class it was but it was toward the back end of a semester and i'm just like you know everyone's gonna think this is coffee it's toward the end of my week i'm just gonna have a little beer you know that was fun. I, I actually do really regret um, not taking advantage of that more when I was at Iowa State. I had a, a Wednesday night class, and dollars is, the I think, the best night to go out on Welch. Never been. That's a shame. Um, dollars is by Damn. far the best night to get fucked up because, like, 10 bucks goes a long <laughs> way. <laughs> um, anyway. It's also just a gross night because you're, you're drinking so much and you're only spending $15. Max. Yeah, max. <laughs> you're getting blocked out for like 10. Like you're getting very drunk for $10. Like this is if you even don't want to pregame. Like, you know, you can go out <laughs> stone cold sober and, and like get to these levels. But anyways, I had a my fall semester. I had to take a Wednesday night class. that went from six to nine. 
for my major. Nice. And and yeah, had um did the old beer in, in the thermos and <laughs> I remember I had to ask a couple of the people that I worked in like group projects with. I was like, Hey, can you go up and ask the professor a couple of questions? Cause I just had like obvious beer on my breath. And I was like, yeah, you, <laughs> you need to go talk to that person. <laughs> I don't get it. A weird look. Dollar night. Never, never <laughs> been to dollar night. Never had Damn. the opportunity to go to dollar night. I think I'm maybe in the spring, next once. spring, maybe mugs once so as an athlete like is that ever i don't know frustrating annoying kind of like sad or is like dude i only care about football that's why i'm here i care less to go out college paid for that's pretty cool that's also pretty cool that's pretty cool cool. it is cool uh (laughs) having a full-time job having two of them on the same day um no i wouldn't say it's sad um definitely during fall camp uh 801 day never got to experience 801 day now 801 day sad but when i say it out loud it's not really sad at all that you're not just going and submerging yourself in no. you know really gross dollar drinks that's more sad on us so i i think you're you're fine you're fine It'll looking back on it sad, you won't really miss you're coming much. from you're coming from meetings like you get that hour break it's nice outside everyone's outside and you're like all right well coach campbell decided we're having a scrimmage at eight o'clock tonight so you can leave but do you really want to yeah so we'll, we'll all normally pile in a car and roll the windows up and drive on through and oh that looks fun all right time to go back now, now that sounded a little sad i'm not gonna lie that that part sounded a little sad hey <laughs> got to do what you got to do. I guess just, so. <laughs> we just want to see it. We don't want to be there. We just want to see it. You guys never get to you'll tailgate get, either. You know, yeah. wake up on a Saturday. I'll say you'll get to tailgate afterward. Rip a beer at like 6.30 in the morning. You know, when, that feeling. When I'm waking up and my best friend is in town with my dad and I'm getting a video. We play at 11 and they're here at 6 a.m. and they're already funneling beers. And the parking lot is packed. It's like, God. That looks so much fun. Deshaun, <laughs> after is. you're done with your football <laughs> career, hit us up. We'll 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 supply all the booze. You won't have to pay for anything. You don't have to lift a finger. We'll we'll also funnel it into your mouth the entire time, whenever you want us to. We have done <laughs> this. A lot of ass players. kissing right we, here. Came on came <laughs> on a party bus last year. It's pretty fun. That's true. That's very true. I think Mouse and I are going to catch a St. Louis Battlehawks game. I don't, I don't know if you're available this spring, but hey, you can ha- you can going, have a few beers with us. I am going to a Battlehawks game. There's a big there's a group of us going to watch Mike. I didn't know Hakeem, so I'm not going to say Hakeem, but we're going to watch Mike mm-hmm. and Rocco's dad. Mm. We're going to go we're going to go sit in the back suite, have ourselves a nice little nice little weekend. Damn it. I was going to say, uh, let me know when you guys go, but I don't want to just be the commoner, just, you know, spending $5 on a ticket, not in a sweet spot. So never mind. Yeah, you, you got to latch on somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll just be walking in right behind. And they're like, hey, where's your ticket? Be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with them. They're like, sorry, you need a ticket. It's like, ah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. No, just come on up. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> you look like well, I, I might sneak up. 
Yeah, I, I could probably pay or, you know, look like a D1 athlete. I'm 5'10", but they have shoes now that make you look two inches taller. So maybe I buy a little, you know, a pair of those. Uh, maybe I have someone loan me a jersey for the day and I'm golden. There you go. The all red jumpsuit thing, you know. Yes. That they wear to every class. Wear the athlete backpack. Oh, how yeah, sick athlete, is that? Just walking backpack. around campus, like, you with an athlete backpack. Like, are they like, hey, yeah. you, if you don't wear the athlete swag to every class, like, so cool. you're, you're not an athlete. Every time no. I see someone walk on campus, I'm like, Or is it just, like, a guarantee if you, like, oh. forget your ID that you can, like, get a swipe at the dining hall so, like, you don't have to worry about it. There's, like, oh, athlete, <laughs> you're good. Like, you get to eat. Never been to the any dining hall besides one at the facility. Yeah, that's probably best. There's probably way better shit there, to be honest. Yeah, you know, yeah. seasons is yeah. like very average if we're being backpack, you know, though, nice. What would you a backpack every every fall? Right after camp, we get a backpack every year. So at this point, I'm just I don't even use them. I just throw them. Little brother loves them. Saves mom from oh, having to go get a backpack. Well, I, I also like them. Hey, I got. I'll pay for shipping. Three of them. <laughs> you got three of them? All right. I got a lot to follow up with you on after this. This is <laughs> this is very fun for me. It's like basically just stealing your wardrobe today. This is fun. <laughs> hey, it, it's, yeah, it, it's going to need some cleaning out. <laughs> Love it. Well, honestly, I only have one more question. Um, Newt, how about you? What, what are you doing on questions? I haven't even been paying attention to yours. Yeah, I, I can do one more. Okay. Um, dude, we appreciate you coming on, by the way, man. Uh, you are going to kill it this upcoming season. I was telling Mouse, you know, there were some times during the season where obviously the offense was just, you know, sometimes frustrating to just be blunt. And and what he was doing was, was doing the classic, I know, I need to be doing better. I need to be doing better. And I hate to especially kiss the ass of Taylor Mauser, but I, I had to tell him, like, honestly – the tight end room, I thought, was like one of the very pleasant surprises of the season. I, I think, you know, your chemistry with Deckers was just so obvious. And like I said, I think you really emerged as kind of like our big play receiving target um, and really just kind of helped out X. Because I think so oftentimes, you know, we, we wanted to just get the ball to him. And it's like, hey, we have some really great guys like you. Easton Dean might have had the coolest touchdown of the year, too, when he hurdled that dude. Oh, my Didn't gosh, you're sick. Didn't know that one. Didn't know. I didn't either. I knew he was good. I didn't know he could do that. And so, to, I seriously. That's on Easton in practice, how many times he'd end up on the ground. So, that one that one took me by surprise. Damn. I love it. I'm well, seriously, I, I thought I thought the tight end room was fantastic. And I, I think it always has been. I think Mouse has done a, ter- a terrific guy job with you guys. Excuse me. Um, now talk about Nate Shieldhouse. I Obviously, we haven't seen him calling plays do you know if he will be calling plays if so are we going to see that double tight end maybe even triple tight end set um i'm not sure all the ins and outs right now um i know he loves the tight ends um Mm. he he tells us you know hope you guys are ready like ball's coming this year so i mean as a tight end i'm excited It's, it's like christmas for me so, hell yeah. Um, I, I love him. Uh, I'm excited to see what, you know, what little twists he brings. Um, he's also very young, very full of energy, too. So that that helps a lot. Um, I'm excited, though. I mean, they've all been stuck in the offensive staff room for the last month. 
um, not letting us see anything that they're doing. So I'm excited to see what they've came up with. Nate was a really good QB at Illinois, too. I don't know if you've ever watched his highlights, but well, dude could option. run. Yeah. Oh, Old school football. Could burn guys. Yeah, I'm really excited for Nate. My last question is around something new that we're having for the first time in a while, but there's going to be a spring game this year. As a player, is that something that's pretty exciting? You guys get, like, excited for that, or are you kind of like, oh, this is just some extra bullshit in the offseason? <laughs> <laughs> Um, ooh, let me see. The football side of me, it, it's exciting. Um, and like getting the fans in, especially the kids, because I know like going to those open practices, the little kids loved it. They think it's the coolest thing in the world. And I used to be one of those little kids that was, Mom, can we go, you know, can we go watch practice? Can we go to this game? Can we go to that? Um, so just watching the little kids, taking time out of the out of our day to, you know, sign whatever they have, however much they have of it. Um, I think it'll be fun. It'll be a nice little experience, especially for the young guys, too. I mean, they probably like the freshmen that just got here, the transfers haven't really played in front of people. So let them experience Jack Trice a little bit before we get into things but then there's the old man side of me that's like coach come on now i need a vet day <laughs> like let's wrap this one up about 10 plays call it a day but no i feel like as soon as we start i'll be ready to compete and then i'll probably be talking and it's gonna be fun <laughs> we need to mic you guys up i want i want to hear this uh this dialogue that you got on the field. Um, also, the best dialogue though is me and Easton. When we just talk to each other, like we, there's some random shit that gets said between me and him. It's it's honestly yeah. funny. Like we could be defense could be on the field at practice, and we're standing back, and Mouse is trying to go over, you know, what plays we got next. And me and Easton are talking about duck hunting, or we're talking about. <laughs> We're talking about what pizza is the best pizza or what gun is the best gun. It's the random shit that we come up with in our head. It's just like an acid trip on the football field, it sounds like. <laughs> it's it's just two Kansas boys having fun. <laughs> Love it. Um, I also lied. Um, I have a Liam question. So this is actually a Liam question. Usually what I do is I use him as a scapegoat to ask like the really awkward question that neither, you know, neither Newt and I want to ask, but this is actually his. Give me your dream local NIL deal or a national NIL deal. Like if, if you could have someone cut you a name, image, and likeness deal, that would just be your dream company or that you would just love to sponsor, who would that be? And why would it be outside the lines? Just kidding. Probably be a beer company. You do the shotgun celebration. You can't do beer companies, sadly. Yeah, you probably can't. Yeah. Against the rules. Especially because we're not even selling beer in Jack Trice, so I don't really (laughs) think that would work. We don't? No. Dude, you have got to get Matt Campbell to talk. but We will be louder for you. Dude, think about that. They sold beer at Jack Trice. Do you know how much louder it would get? That's why everyone leaves at halftime, too. The hangover would kick in at, like, halftime. You'd be ready to leave. That's why we well, all so leave we, at half, yeah. and then we come back, we go out to the cars, and then we all rip shots and, like, drink a couple beers quick, and then we go back in 
And then that's why normally like the first five, like it's like the first five minutes of the start of the second half, it might be a little bare first. If you notice, yeah. you guys come back in, you're like, oh, where's the fucking crowd? And then everyone's, everyone's good. Like right in the middle of the third quarter. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's, we need to get you on that. Hell, you know what? We need to start a petition. I think no one started a petition. We got to actually like do something about it because this is ridiculous. I, I just totally carried the conversation to another direction. Local NIL deal, national NIL deal. Mm, that's a hard one. Um, How about food? Like what, what food do you like in Ames? I just love pizza in general. Like any pizza place. There we go. Love pizza. Um. I honestly though dream probably would be a tattoo shop. A tat a tattoo shop? Tattoo shop. Cause they What's the best so one in Ames? Expensive. I don't know. They're too expensive for me to go here. I'll wait till <laughs> I go home. There was one in Welch Avenue where uh my buddy got an ass tat. Um that's the only one I'm aware of. So <laughs> I I, yeah, I don't know I've the seen, owner or anything. I've seen way too many people walk into that one at bad times. I can't imagine it's anything anything good going on in there. They do their due diligence and they ask if you've been drinking, but they, they don't breathalyze. They don't care. <laughs> they just they just have to ask. <laughs> Money's money. It's all green. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh man. Well, hey, I, I love that you're able to join us, man. Um sorry I got a hard cut at three thirty, but would love to talk with you some other time, especially before the season, if we can swing it. I know that you're only going to get more busy leading up to it all. But, Newt, do you have any other questions or anything else before we sign off? No, I'm good. I appreciate you coming on, Sean. It's been a blast. It's fun. Absolutely, man. Hell yeah, dude. We're, we're going to get you back on, okay? Um, one last thing we do, though, before we sign off. We just give our listeners a quick little roll clone. So, again, Deshaun, you're going to kick ass this year. We're so pumped. It was awesome watching you this past season, too. And last but not least, but roll clones. Roll clones, baby. Roll clones, baby.